I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The Orange lose on the road against UVA despite better play, making it three straight conference losses. And things don't get any easier as the Qs head to Tallahassee to take on the Seminoles this Saturday at 2 p.m. We'll turn to Joe for that game. Let's go. All right, what's up, Hughes Nation? Thanks for tuning in to episode 50, episode 550 of the Hughes Nation podcast. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, YouTube, and SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere, so you have no excuse not to listen. And obviously, you know where to find us if you're listening. So, I'm Sean, alongside my good buddy Joe. Joe, what's up, bro? Hey, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. So, Syracuse drops three in a row. They um, they break 50 points on the road, and they actually played a little better. And in their um, in their last two games. They lost by two against Notre Dame and seven by uh, by seven against UVA. So uh, I just want to start with this, and then you tell me what you think. Um, getting to the foul line in the first fifteen games in Syracuse's twelve and three, they averaged twenty four point one free throw attempts per game. Okay, uh, the lowest number out of any of those games was eighteen free throws uh, in one game. Now. Um, that number for two games in a row averaging the past two games is 8.5 attempts against, if you take Notre Dame and UVA, it's 8.5. 8. Um, their, sure. their, their free throw percentage is 71.2. It's the second highest for Syracuse in 15 years, basically, okay? And I mentioned they lost by two, they lost by seven. Um, that's not even double digits when you add them up. Simple math I can do. Um, so, you know, that's what, that's what I see. That's what I take away from those two games. That was the biggest difference to me, in my opinion, from both of the last two losses, especially Notre Dame, because we only got six foul shots in that game. Um, yeah. So this, that is a way, if they can get to the line, that's easier said than done. I'm not going to give it to you for that. If they can get to the line... They can fix some of these issues. 
I think if they would have got to the line the way they at the pace they had been getting to the line, I think they win both of those games. I mean, that's easy for me to say, and it might sound a little um, homerish, as you would say. But I mean, what do you Don't. think? What do you? Th- <laughs> <laughs> there he is. There he is. <laughs> I. Uh... What do you think, dude? Because I mean, twenty four point one. Oh, that, that's that's just the actual stat. Twenty four free throws a game, twenty four down to eight and a half. Yeah, that's a huge. That's uh, that's like what sixty six percent off. Yeah. Well, yeah, what, I, I mean, you, I think it has something it? to do with. I think it has something to do with the way the refs uh, called the game, um, and something to do with the way the defensive basically been learning how to play against Syracuse. They're not afraid of the outside shot. They're not afraid of the jump shooting. They know that our offense has problems and they're going to do what they have to do on defense to kind of, you know, um, stop that part of it. You know what I mean? Just let them beat, let Syracuse beat them with, with jumpers. You know, Uh, I think that's, realistically what we're seeing here uh, i i have a couple other theories as far as you know we might be talks and i said you know sometimes it may not look like we're getting an huge advantage of fouls because we play a zone and this this and that but um as far as those defenses go they know no team is afraid of matt moyer or a chupa or sadibi or merrick down low as far as offense or outside for that matter so realistically it's three on five out there and defenses are getting smart enough, especially in the ACC. They're getting smart enough to understand that they come off of those guys that they know um, that really aren't a threat on offense. And when those guys start driving, they're driving into defense and it's a little bit more difficult to to get the foul because the guy that's guarding them knows that there's going to be help. And I think that a lot of it has to do with that. Just like I said, I mean, you're playing against ACC teams, so they're, bigger, faster, stronger with coaches that, that know how to, to make it difficult for us. And it's already difficult. We make it difficult ourselves. So, um, that's what I, what I kind of see here. Uh, the Notre Dame game, definitely without a doubt. We talked about that. We hit on that. I thought there were some missed calls and we definitely could have made up that gap with free throws without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, the other one though, we, we did shoot 11 against Virginia. We did shoot 11 free throws. They're 22. Uh, so even if, we got to 20 or even 22 like Virginia, you know, you'd have to hit, you know, seven or eight out of 10 or whatever to, well, we hit nine out know. of 11. I mean, if you just, right. Just go ahead. Well, and take... I, I think, I think the turnovers and the fact that Virginia is number one defense in the nation. That's very true. Uh, That's very true. I think that had a little bit to do with it because turnovers was a big thing. Virginia, they played very smart, good with the ball. They took care of it up until, you know, near the end there when we made a, 14 point deficit down to five in a minute with uh, that press and turnovers. But we can't press like that the whole game. We don't have the legs. We don't have the bodies. Uh, so he, you, you don't think they should have started the press uh, a little bit sooner than what, uh, than what they did. I feel like the press is so effective in my opinion, especially, I mean, look the press, I mean, the, to go back to last year, I know it's, I know it's a different team, but it's the same press. You go back to last year down by 20 in the dome against UVA they they start pressing. I mean, that's how they got back in that game. That's how they beat, right. that's how they beat Duke last year. Uh, that's how You're they right. came back against Georgetown this year. And the Georgetown press was like that was like a three or four minute press. 
I mean, that was a, or, or even longer, maybe. That was a long time. And, and, and who does no, it wear right. down more? Who does it wear down more? Really, when you look at it. I mean, you well, know. I think it depends mentally, on what game. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's true, but it's mentally type draining. Of players you're playing against. Offense, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned also the turnovers. Howard, once again, you know, he, he's got to take better care of the ball. And he's becoming such a good player all around. Uh, seven turnovers against UVA, and he leads the league <laughs> with turnovers. Um, got he's yeah. got to take care of the ball. Uh, back to free throws, real quick. We we were we were hit with seventeen um, uh, personal fouls to to uh, Virginia's twelve, so a difference of five. Um, but you know, I feel like they got to they got to really drive the ball a little bit quicker, or a little bit better. And I know it's. It's you know one of those things where it's it's not easy for them to do it. It's kind of clogged up in the lanes, and I know that. In fact, um, you know he, he said uh, Brissett said we try to thrive on getting to the foul line. Those are easy points that we can put up, but it didn't it didn't do it for us today, and it showed. Um, Battle said they weren't fouling, I guess, sarcastically, and um, you know he said. We're, uh, we were driving the ball. We didn't go to the line much as a team. That's really it. Um, just to just to cap on that. Um, right. You don't get me wrong. I mean, there weren't miss there there were missed calls. There's but... missed calls, but there's missed calls on both sides. I feel like that game was way better officiated than the Notre Dame game. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. Uh, we got back to our rebounding ways a little bit. Um, and that's what kept us in the game there for a little while. And really, just that little three-point outburst that, that Ty Jerome guard had where he hit three in a row there late in the second half was really what put that uh, put that gap up there, you know. So let's not kid ourselves, though, either. They're the number three team in the nation. So going into that, you got to be realistic. Yeah, it'd be a great win. But that type of game on the road, especially considering what's happened the last two times we've played Virginia – yeah, I mean, he, if you remember, eight, once in the elite eight too. I mean, we we were huge underdogs in that game when we took them out. Right, that was another game they led. We won in the elite eight, eight, and that was a great comeback. And then last year we won at home, and that was a great comeback. That was two of Tony Bennett's worst losses as far as comebacks in his career. Yeah, and then now you're talking about they're the number three team, and we're going to Charlottesville, and it's the first time that. First time that we've played them at home since those two last losses that have been pretty devastating. I mean, you can't tell me that those players weren't waiting and chomping at the bit to oh, to get yeah. to get us there and, and and get back at us, you know. So yeah, and I, again, like I think we held our own. I think uh, I mean honestly, I thought that we played better than we were going to. Well, it was getting, know it was getting Vegas ugly. had them set at like an eleven and a half point underdog and. I mean, I think that we held our own. It's just one of those things with basketball, like we talk about any given night. So you go in kind of with no expectations, and the longer the game goes and you're in there, you can start thinking as a fan, like, hey, you know, we can do this. But, you know, then something like that happens, and it just gets frustrating because then it goes from expectations of losing to, oh, we're in it, to now we're talking about, well, we could have won that game. Well, what could we have done better And in I think, Who knows? But it could have been a lot worse. Let's it, put it that way. It could have been a lot worse. But I think you, I think you press, uh, you press sooner, in my opinion. And I mean, that's just me looking back at the game, arm, armchair quarterback in this thing, because that's what we do. 
It's easier said than done. I understand that. But I think you pressed sooner in that game. We made up like, what was it? How many points in like 56 seconds or 55 seconds? Like it was nine. Nine points? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they couldn't handle it. And no one can. Um, you mentioned Kyle Guy. He went, oh, he goes 0 for 7. And then he goes 3 for 3. And it's like the three most, most crucial. No, that was Ty Jerome. Or Ty Jerome. That's who, who did I say? Kyle Guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he went five for 11. He's a beast. Um, I mean, what do you even say about that guy? He's awesome from the free throw line. He can take any shot around the perimeter. It does not matter with him. I mean, man, bun or not. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, Yeah, yeah, Ty Jerome, I'm sorry, went 0 for 7, ended up going 3 for 3 at the worst time possible for us. Right. Um, And one good thing. I want one good thing, and then we can wrap this up. Um, Pascal Chukwu. He gathered in 16 rebounds, 10 offensive boards for Pascal. Yeah. Uh, nine points, not too bad. Uh, he had two blocks, no turnovers. He even had an assist, for crying out loud. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought he played great. There were some plays did. that he made where uh, yeah, I, I actually couldn't believe it. And I think it was near late near the game where Frank, I think Frank Howard, he drove and missed it. And Chuka came out of nowhere and, like, tipped it in off the backboard. And I was like, what? And, like. Just Not one like of those him. plays that you didn't you didn't know he had. It's like he just he finds it so difficult for him to just turn around and dunk when he's running underneath the basket that you don't see you don't see it that type of move coming where he's running as fast as he can coming up and just does a little bank layup you know uh, I don't know off a rebound it was just it was athletic he he definitely you could definitely tell that he the coaches got into him about the the, the physicality and, and yeah. what he's going to have to do to compete with these big bodies in the ACC, and he definitely yeah. came to play. So he did, and and he and he really really jolted us on the on the boards. Uh, we went nineteen to nineteen and twenty two on the boards. Uh, nineteen offensive, twenty two defensive for a total of forty one to their total thirty one. That's great. I think you do that if you can keep doing that and draw some fouls, and Pascal can you know, kind of hang in there and, and do what he can do. I mean, you're going to see it start to gel. The problem is the consistency is just, it's killing me. It's, yeah. it's killing me. I wish that they could just play consistent. And, you know, you held a really good offensive team to 68 points. I think that's pretty good. Um, you know, Pascal gets my, my player of the, the game award, though, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, well, it, like you said, too, we scored 61 against the best defensive team. True. Compared true. to what we were doing off of Notre Dame. So, I mean, to take some positives out of it, you know, the number three team on the road, like you said last week, uh, obviously the road woes continue for us this year. They continue in the um, ACC. At least in the ACC, yeah. So, I just, I, you know, I would like to, last year, we had a good offense. But our our defense was really really bad. So I know that a lot of times Jim Beheim he tried to you know slow the game down to lower the uh, the offensive possessions that the other team had because of how bad our defense was. And this year I feel like we have to start doing the opposite. Uh, our defense is good. We create it creates um, fast break opportunities you know, off of turnovers and rebounds and stuff like that. And um, I just feel like with the amount of off the lack of offense firepower that we have we need to maximize as many offensive uh possessions as possible and just let our defense handle handle its own uh 
I know other teams. I know other teams. You see what I'm saying? Like I know other teams. They're going to go slow and they're going to work around and get a good shot. But I mean, if we're going to just dribble around and pass the ball around for 18, 20, 25 seconds, yeah, just to take a bad shot or just to drive to the hoop and maybe not get the call, let's just do that with about 15, you know, 16 seconds. You you know, just lower it down. Yeah, bring it down like five seconds. Right. Just go. Just attack. Just maximize. You know, because what's the what's why are you going to take all that clock down just to get it? I mean, I know you want to work for a good shot, but at some point you got to kind of call a spade a spade and just understand that it is what it is, and they just have to get as many offensive <clears throat> possessions as possible. So, yeah. I mean, if you're just going to hold the ball for 30 seconds to get a bad shot, why don't why don't you just do it for for 18 for 15 when you have, and when you have. try to you know get you know get more possessions? So. Yeah, when you, and you have a an, an offense that largely has to create their own opportunities, um, you know, not a whole lot of play calling and things like that. You know, it's you, a lot of one on one pick and roll stuff, man. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. Um, I I agree. It depends on the situation. Since our defense is that good, I agree. I never thought about that. Good point. Um, any final thoughts on on um, UVA? No. No. Okay. No. I it, was a game, it was a game we could have won. We were in it. It could have been a lot worse, and um, it, we did look a little bit better. So, again, just all you can really do is just grow from it. If we can score that many points um, against Virginia, our defense is good enough to where there's going to be a decent amount of games left where we can score 61 and win. So Yeah, um, I would say get to the foul line, and I'll keep saying it until they start doing it again. So Yeah, get to the foul line, limit turnovers. Yeah, um, UVA. In the books. That's all we have to say about that. All right, Joe. Syracuse heading on the road again to Florida State, Tallahassee. All-time record, Syracuse 9-2 and two against um, FSU. Joe, let's, let's hear your, your breakdown. Make us Break feel down. good. Break it down. Make us feel good. Tell us what we need to do. No, we're um, gonna get Joe's gonna beatbox one day on the, uh, no, on the show no, no, too. No. Yeah, we're gonna uh, wait till my brother comes back for some tournament tournament talk. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. So, <laughs> Florida State, twelve and four. They're one and three in the ACC. Not that they're having a bad little four game um, streak in the ACC, but their opponents they've lost uh, to Duke in a high scoring game. They actually beat North Carolina at home and then they lost at Miami and then they just actually lost to Louisville the other night and broke like a 28 home game win streak or something like that. So, uh, they've definitely had a little bit of a gauntlet. So as far as if you're going to look at talent and who they've played, we're probably one of the, the, the weakest team they've played in the ACC, you know, to date. So they were ranked a couple weeks ago before they played Miami. No, they were um, ranked last night against Louisville. Oh, they were ranked. Okay. 20, okay. 23rd. Well, Okay, yeah, so they're still going to be ranked then. Um, but the worst thing, I mean, I wish that it didn't happen because usually when a team has a streak like that and they, they're good at home like that, then all that's going to do really is piss them off if they lose the game <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's just because yeah, they had a lead. In, um, yeah, well, I actually, was, I think Louisville had a big lead, right? And then Florida. Uh, Florida State was ahead most of the game. Louisville cut it to within three by the by the end of the first half. I think it was like twelve or fourteen uh, for FSU. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I know. I watched a little bit of that game. I didn't get to see the end, but um, it was a late one. Yep, it's nine o'clock. So it's it's just a that's a Leonard Hamilton team. He goes deep. He plays a lot of guys. Um, I think I saw there was something like eight or nine guys that average over fifteen minutes a game, and that has something to do with with injuries and stuff like that too. They have they actually have a seven four uh, center, so we think Chuk was tall. They got a 7-4 center, and he's got a little bit more meat than Chukwa. Uh, he is coming back from a foot uh, injury. I don't know if he's really got minute restrictions or if he's back full, like 100% can go. But he just he subs in and out. He usually has a pretty deep rotation. Um, and again, like I said, they have a 7-4 center. But after that, uh, it really looks like they only go about 6-8 or 6-9 as far as their tallest guy with uh, forwards. Um but they do have tall guards. Terrence Mann, six six, senior or sorry, junior guard, and he's their second leading rebounder. He's their leading scorer. Terrence Mann, he's pretty much the guy that you are looking at as far as trying to stop. I know they do have some good uh, some good outside shooters, but you know, against us, you know, any anyone can go hot. So uh, I think the only thing that that's really good for us is that um we have a very good Jim Bahamas had a very good record against uh, Leonard Hamilton. There's been a lot of years. And I think, I mean, they were ranked last year and we beat them. Um, I think they were a top 10 team. when We beat them last year, actually. And uh, they lost a couple guys to the uh, NBA over the, over the off season. So they're rebuilding, but they still have the talent and uh, the coaching and defense to, to still be a top 25 team. So they're definitely going to pose a problem. And like I said, my biggest worry is the fact that they have motivation to get back on a, some type of winning streak at home and we're just the next team up. So All right, definitely you... going to be a little interesting, you know? So yeah, but um, we're, we're in the game with, with Virginia. So I don't see why I, again, like I think a lot of the games are going to be similar. We're going to be right there and it's going to be making plays at the end of the game. Um, Joe, you mentioned seven, four center and, um, you know, we've got Chuku has has a problem with six uh, ten guys. So, um, <laughs> so what is what is Chuku going to have to do to throw his weight a little around, uh, later, his weight around a little bit more, or you know, um, how's he going to have to approach something like that? He's it's going to be tough. He's probably listening. So, no, he may be. The good thing is, is that he is I think was small enough really to where he can play aggressive and not really look it, you know, you get some guy who's a big old boy. Um, I mean, if he throws his weight around, you're going to see it and there possibly could be offensive rebound stuff like that. So uh, he just needs to be smart with the fouls. And we've talked about it earlier, earlier in the season, he wasn't smart. And it seems like he's kind of got that under control because he hasn't really been in foul trouble lately. But after that Notre Dame game, he got pushed around by some guys uh, that were a little bit shorter but a little bit bigger. And he's seeing that the ACC is, is no joke. And in this past game, he, he came out, he played physical, he stayed out of foul trouble. Uh, he said he was, was probably his best performance against, you know, considering the talent um, in, a, in a Syracuse uniform. So, again, all, that's the type of stuff that we need to see because we, we know we have in our big three, but it's everybody else. And we're kind of waiting as fans to see who's going to step up or is this really going to be what it is. And Chuk was in a pretty good position to to do that as long as he can still continue to learn and um, and be smart but physical at the same time. And that's what he's going to have to be because if he's not, then these guys are going to – that's one thing Florida State does do. They hit the boards and they're 
very, you know, talented, physical. And um, again, like I said, they might not have the the length of forward, but they got six six guards, experienced guards that can get in there and, and they're you know, grown men, twenty two, twenty three year old guys that are gonna get in there and push you around. So it's just one of those things we can't get bullied. You know, we're a little bit smaller, albeit taller and, and longer, but you know, other teams are stronger and they're more experienced. So that's another you know, thing that we have to worry about um, that hampers us throughout these this, the season. It's going to be that and, and obviously our offense unless someone else steps up. So if Chuk can do that, then then, then that will be a big help. But this is a tall task, literally and figuratively. Uh, I mentioned a couple episodes ago when I watched the FSU-Duke game, my head was spinning because of the pace of the game and the, the amount of points scored. Um, you mentioned earlier about wanting to kind of like speed up on offense a little bit um, on a, against a team that plays this fast paced and can score. Do you, you want to reel that in a little bit and maybe limit, limit some of their, their time with the ball or do you, do you, do you want to stick with that? You think we should speed it up a little bit, kind of try to pay it, play at their pace and hope that maybe our defense can create some opportunities out of just, you know, absent-mindedness just because of they're just not used to the zone well i mean our defense is going to slow the pace regardless and you could be the fastest team in the country and you're not going to be the fastest team that that night <laughs> and as far as duke goes i mean the points they put up against duke duke's got awful defense and you see the points that nc state put up on duke i mean duke can score but their defense is awful so uh i don't i really don't think that their pace is going to be too crazy. As long as we can get back on defense and get our defense set up and they don't beat us down there and um, and we don't allow a bunch of offensive rebounds, and I think our defense is going to do what it has to do just like almost every game this year to to allow us to win. Okay. You know, and I think that what's going to help us is if we can get those defensive rebounds and get out. And, and what I mean by speed up is we speed up our offense. You know, not speed up our defense because our defense is going to create a pace – natural pace regardless so that's gonna stymie them for a little while they're gonna have to figure it out uh and again like i said we're i think we're seven and two against florida state since um we joined the acc something like that or maybe it's seven two you know jim Bayheim against florida state i don't know but it's, it's nine and two all time it's nine and two all time i don't know okay yeah okay yeah well i mean again we've had recent success and the only times that I think that I feel like uh, Florida State's beaten us recently is when we've just had a, a game where we were a little off on offense and they were just nailing threes. So, I mean, <laughs> that's just kind of really what I'm looking for. I mean, when I talk about pace, I'm saying when we get the ball, let us get down there. You know, let our guys try to get down there and, and beat those guys um, to the defense so that they can try to get easy fouls and go to the free throw line, stuff like that, you know. but. Yeah. Well, I want I mean, this game. I want this game because mainly because we need it. But um, they are still ranked. They won't be next week. And if we could uh, put that in the on the back burner and, and and have it said that we have beaten a ranked team this year, I mean, the other ones are going to be tough. We're going to have plenty of opportunities. They're going to be tough, um, you know. So I guess we'll just have to we'll just have to see. <laughs> Yeah, well, Saturday. like I said, it's just like any game. I mean, like every game is going to be the same. That's that's the one thing that I, I'm just not that worried about. Like last year, there was teams where 
you know, our offense was up and down last year. Sometimes it was great. Sometimes it was just really ugly to watch. But the one constant was that our defense gave up points. And so last year, I mean, albeit we beat up, I mean, we, we beat Duke. We didn't beat him up, but we beat Duke. But Duke had had its problems last year. Like last year, I was worried about North Carolina. So teams like that, like we played against experienced, good scoring teams. Like it was ugly last year. And just this year, I just, I don't feel the same way. I just, I just feel like we're going to be in every game. It's just, what are we going to do at the end? So yeah, we can talk close? about how tough our opponents are going to be and this, 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 and that. But right now in the ACC, I don't really see anybody. I mean, there's teams and we could get blown out, but I don't see any team that's really that much better than Kansas or I just don't see a team that UVA. What, what team are we going to play in ACC play? That's, you know, UVA. No, I mean, you got UVA and you got Duke and you got, I mean, North Carolina is going to be up there. Miami and Clemson are up there right now. So who really knows that that'll end up working itself out. But, but I mean, I look at it like with our defense and I mean, we just scored 60 as bad as our offense has been. We just scored 61 against the number one defense in the country at their place. So, I mean, if we can do that, then that's going to keep us in any game as long as our defense does what it's supposed to do. So the difference there was the rebounds. If it wasn't the foul shots, it had to been the rebounds. So um, I think that's why we were able to do that, and I think that's why we were able to put up seventy points. You know, a couple times right. earlier in the season is because we were hitting the boards, but we were also getting the foul shots. See, that's that's when you put together a full game. Right. Uh, it, that's what that's what this team is capable of. So no, it's just the little things. The little things, yeah. literally, like if well, you, it was that Virginia like, Tech we, game, Joe. That, that was exactly what that Virginia Tech game was. The first was the first like full game that they had put together on both sides of the ball and really finished in in completed a full game without too, yeah. too many issues. Right, and that's really. I mean, they talk about talent and scoring and this. When you have that type of defense that we have, like I said, it's not like out of this world, but it's good enough to beat any team on any given night. And if we can, you know, if we can limit turnovers, if we can get to the free throw line and we can get second chance points and out rebound on our opponent, then we're going to be in every single game with that defense. So that's just that's that's really what it is. You can yeah. say we're limited in offense, and that's one thing. I mean, when you have offense like Duke, then you're allowed to you know, not do certain things here and there. But with us, like our room for error is very, very small because of our offense. So those those three things, if, if we can do those, then with this defense, we're going to be in any game, in, in any game this year, in my opinion. That's right, Joe. All right, Saturday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on ACC Network. I hope. Yeah, well, ACC Network or the ESPN app. I suppose. No, oh, I was talking about in the afternoon. I hope it's not at 2 a.m. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> good point. Uh, goes without saying. I got you. Uh, good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> that's it. We're going to um, – oh, after after uh, Florida State, it's Pittsburgh on, um, on Tuesday. So we'll try to get back if we can. That game's at 9 o'clock. Jeez. Nine o'clock on Tuesday. It is a home game, though. It is a home game. Yeah. So and Pittsburgh right now statistically is the Darn. worst team in the ACC yeah. this year so far. So yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Episode fifty in the books. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to go to facebook.com forward slash Nation podcast. Thumb us up there for Sean. <laughs> Did it again for Joe. <laughs>
For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Later. Peace. You just heard the Cuse Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. JJ has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.